Good morning, everyone. This is Father Nate, missionary priest in Italy, and thanks for joining us today on December 16th on No Greater Delight, our podcast on Marian Feast and Marian Meditations. Well, again today, as always, we have a number of Marian devotions. In fact, we have three particular ones that we recall today. The first is the institution of the Confraternity of Our Lady of Deliverance in 1583 in France. So again, we're celebrating the institution of the Confraternity in France, right? Um, Although, to be honest, uh, some places also give it a different date, right? In any event, uh, um, I'm sure it is fascinating, the story of the confraternity, but I really want to talk about the image, the image of Our Lady of Deliverance, right? It dates back from the 14th century, when it replaced one that was from the 11th century, right? Over the years, many, many people have come there reporting graces after having visited Our Lady and prayed before her statue. Even from the 14th century on, it was already a popular pilgrimage site, right? Um, with the growth and devotion of Our Lady, um, again, they started the fraternity, the confraternity, and it grew to around 12,000 people in a short period of time, right? One of their main works was to help the poor by freeing those who had been placed into debtor's prison, right? Now, we might say, okay, well, that's interesting. Why is it so such an important place? Well, actually, a lot of the saints in France have particular devotion to Our Lady of Deliverance, right? For instance, uh, St. Francis de Sales was studying in Paris in around the year 1583. That's where his father sent him to study, thinking that he would become a leader in the government. Uh-huh. Well, he also frequently went to church. And it was in front of this statue that he would make a vow of chastity which he kept hidden from his family for a number of years. Likewise, in France, in Paris, one time he was hearing a lecture on predestination, a very difficult topic to understand, and St. Francis de Sales was concerned that he was damned. He had no hope of getting to heaven. In fact, his despair was so great that he became physically ill. It was only in late 1586 that he took his concerns to Our Lady of, of, good, uh, Our Lady of uh, the Deliverance, or of Good Deliverance, if you will. And after praying a memorare, he felt relieved of his burden and concerns and was rather filled with joy. So, Lady, he would share this story in honor of Our Lady's intercession, which had freed him from the darkness. Likewise, um, Our Lady of Deliverance and St. Vincent de Paul have a close relationship. We know that de- Vincent de Paul founded both the Congregation of the Daughters of Charity and the Congregation of Priests of the Mission, who are known as the Lazarus, right? And he entrusted both of these congregations to Our Lady of Deliverance. At one point, in fact, uh, there was a plan to place his remains in the same chapel with the statue, right? Um, But that, for whatever reason, didn't actually materialize. Instead, in in his honor, they struck uh, 30,000 medals with images of Our Lady of Good Deliverance and St. Vincent de Paul. Lastly, uh, we can think of St. Madeleine Sophie Barat and Our Lady of Deliverance. Uh, Madeleine Madeleine Sophie Barat founded the Sacred Heart, the Society of the Sacred Heart, right? and started many schools throughout Europe and North America. Um, During one of her visits, she entrusted the constitution for her society to Our Lady of Deliverance. So lots of French saints have had a devotion. Maybe we should too. Now we're going to jump all the way across the ocean to Denver, Colorado, of all places, uh, where they're celebrating Our Lady of the New Advent. So we know that novenas are an expression of Catholic devotion. Today, December 26th, starts the Christmas novena, the nine days before uh, preparation for Christ's birth. 
In the Archdiocese of November, the day is very special because it's the feast day of Our Lady of the New Advent, right? So, as the Archdiocese of Denver was preparing for the 2000 Jubilee, it's the year 2000, uh, Archbishop Francis Stafford decided to hold a nine-year novena leading up to the new millennium, right? So that means when you start, 1991. And so he commissioned uh, William Hart, a Jesuit iconographer, uh, William Hart McNichols, to create an image of Our Lady, representing Our Lady as Our Lady of the New Advent, right? It became the official icon of the Archdiocese, even though its patron is Francis. And in 1992, in response to Stafford's request for a liturgical feast day with a mass in honor of Our Lady of the New Advent, the Vatican designated December 16th as that feast day. And on August 12th, 1993, at the opening of World Youth Day in Denver, Pope St. John Paul II prayed, O Mary, Our Lady of the New Advent, who kept all these things pondering in your heart, teach these young people to be good listeners to your son, the word of life. Beautiful. And then we're going to have to jump across the ocean again. That's fine for us as we do it virtually. Uh, where we celebrate Madonna della Maria, or Santa Maria della Maria, an icon and cathedral in Monopoli, in the province of Bari, the region of Apulia in Italy, right? The basilica is dedicated to the Blessed Mother under the title of Madonna della Maria, named after the icon is there. Now, there are a lot of very interesting traditions. So the tradition is that the icon drifted into the harbor on a raft in 1117, right? So the story goes like this. On the night between December 15th and 16th, so remember, it's the 16th, to 1117, a raft, Madia, Madia, maybe it's dialect, um, drifted ashore on the coast, carried an image of Our Lady. At the time, Romuald was the bishop of the city. He was trying to build a new cathedral, uh, but there just wasn't enough lumber to make beams for the roof. So to solve the problem, what do you do? Well, the faithful townspeople prayed, invoking Our Lady's intercession. It was on the night of December 16th that Our Lady appeared to the town sacristan in a dream, telling him that the beams were at the port. Now, three times the sacristan went to Bishop Romuald to tell him that the miracle had taken place, but three times the bishop refused to believe it. However, he had to believe when the cathedral bells began to ring on their own. So then Romuald quickly went to the harbor to recover the painting and the raft with its precious lumber. But three times his attempts failed. Each time he tried to take hold of the raft and it would drift away. <laughs> Interesting. Three times. As though he were being punished for earlier disbelief. On the fourth time, he was finally able to draw it ashore. Since then, the townspeople have celebrated on December 16th by carrying Our Lady's icon along the sea. Right? Um... At present, the feast is also celebrated in August, mostly for people returning to the village. But the real feast day, the one that's close to the heart of the people, remains that of today, December 16th. So as we continue our meditations taken from St. Idelfonsus of Toledo, in this next chapter, he compares or he gifts Mary a beautiful ruby. A ruby, if you know that's a red stone that's known for the way it... So... What uh, does that come up in the Bible? Well, sometimes we do find it in the Bible, especially when the Bible talks about wisdom and the value of wisdom, right? So for instance, in Proverbs 3.15 and Proverbs 8.11, uh, we find, for wisdom is better than corals. And then depending on the translation, sometimes it says, and no rubies can compare with her. Other translations just say no treasures. So in other words, rubies are very valuable. Likewise, the same thing could be said in Job 
chapter 28, verse 18, where it says, Neither coral nor crystal should be thought of. The value of wisdom surpasses pearls. So sometimes that, uh, that phrase also puts rubies as opposed to just any old gemstone. So in any event, it's a precious stone, very valuable. Um, obviously nothing in comparison with the Blessed Virgin Mary. But Edelfonsus will make this beautiful comparison about the way the ruby reflects, refracts light and illuminates and the way that Mary also sheds her light upon us. And so this is what he says. He says, And since you, Mary, are so exquisite, resplendent, and bright, and truly as sparkling as any crystal, I entreat you to accept the gift of a precious ruby gemstone, which I place in your holy crown. This rare stone illuminates darkness and strikes the eyes of those who behold it with a forceful and irresistible luminosity. And this is indeed the effect you have upon humanity, a unique mother of Christ. For who could express the light of mercy which you have brought into a darkened world? What tongue could suffice to describe your miracles and wonders, the marvels and glories, the signs and portents which bring about, which bring about for the healing of souls and bodies, for the encouragement of the righteousness, and for the correction of those going astray? The depths of your mercy can never be fully known or comprehended. It is therefore rightly the delight of all Christians to praise and bless you, O Mary. And whenever your name Mary is uttered, heads are bowed in reverence, hearts are filled with the fire of hope and love, and tears of contrition and devotion flow forth from humble eyes. O name more splendid than the sun, more fragrant than the finest cinnamon. At the sound of this name the world rejoices, the heavens smile, the angels celebrate, the saints exalt. Yet the forces of hell tremble, and the devil is thwarted. For whenever anyone sincerely turns the eyes of their heart to contemplate the perfection of your sanctity, or the depths of your wisdom, or the magnificence of your beauty, they are immediately and unfailingly given the grace of new hope in mind, soul, and heart, and indeed, whatever spiritual graces are needed. And so he concludes with this prayer. He says, O most merciful Mary, who breathe life into those who are dying and health into those who perish. You are light for the blind, solace to those who despair, and consolation to those who weep. From the fathomless depths of the treasury of your mercies, pour out to me, I beg you, joy of heart, happiness of soul, and clarity of mind. Be unto me life and well-being, the peace of my heart, and the delight of my soul. O most resplendent Mary, Mother most compassionate, guide me and defend me against all foes and perils, so that, helped by your grace and assisted by your mercy, I may be purged from all vices and freed from all adversity. Thus I may pass through the present life unharmed and arrive safely at the life which has no end. Amen.